You know, in that year in giving, you know, at 1130, if you just remember, uh, you can run that over to Jake's house at midnight. He will be there waiting for it. Anyway. No, don't do that. Anyway, he lives in Lakewood. It's a long drive. Anyway, hey, welcome. It's so good to see all of you. Thank you for coming out, taking the time to be here. I know it's a busy season with Christmas and life and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we've been doing a lot of fun things. I've been talking to uh, various ministries, and we've been doing this hot chocolate drive through Anybody go through that yet? Raise a hand if you've been through that. Some of you. If you have not, whether you're older like me or younger with kids, if you're older with me, grandkids, uh, whether you have kids or not, it is so fun. We've had three themes, or two themes so far. Uh, this last week was called a windy Charlie Brown Christmas. I guess the wind was blowing the uh, blow-ups all over. Uh, this week, our Masterworks and our JFC Hospitality team is hosting it. We're going to do a thing called Christmas Through the Ages. We'll have four eras of Christmas that you get to. We're going to have a nativity scene. Uh, I'm looking for sheep and a donkey. If you know any, let me know. Uh, and we have a Victorian scene with Christmas carolers. If you like to sing, come join us. Be a part of the caroler team. We have a 50s rockin' Christmas. Santa will be in a red convertible. Mrs. Santa will be there. A couple elves handing out gifts to children. And so uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. We'll serve the hot chocolate out of our hot chocolate cafe. And then the last scene will be a scene from the movie Elf. Uh, guess who gets to be Elf. <laughs> and Mrs. Elf will join me for sure. Anyway, she's not sure about that, but anyway, <laughs> she will be a part. Anyway, I love her devotion. Anyway, uh, just ignore the chain of ball around her foot while she's there. Uh, she's coming voluntarily on her own. I hope you see that anyway. And so we'll finish with that hot chocolate and it's going to be a great night. So we've had about a hundred each night. Let's finish strong. Let's man, everybody come out. It's from five to eight. Uh, weather I know was real cold this last week, but looks good this week. So, uh, come out and be a part of that. And, uh, would love to have you there. I want to just say one thing. Uh, Jake mentioned he was here earlier. There are a team of volunteers that get here close to 5.30 a.m. And they've got tons of work to set up. Our children's workers, all of our tech team, they create this whole environment for you. Uh, our greeters, hospitality team set up coffee and all. We have an amazing team. Our security's here. Uh, I told them they needed extra security because I was speaking today. Somebody might shoot at me. Uh, so they're here. But can we just do this today? Can we honor them and appreciate them and let them know we appreciate it? All you guys, our security, many of you volunteers are here. Uh, the children's workers won't get to hear that, but when you go down, if you have kids, would you just say, thank you. Thank you for the work you're doing. It would mean a lot to them. They do a great job, so I uh, appreciate all that. So, uh, All right, so uh, we're going to do a Christmas quiz, just a few questions. Uh, Bible-based and all that. So I want to text, test your uh, Christmas uh, biblical knowledge. So our first question is this. What did the innkeeper say to Mary and Joseph? I have a stable out back. Uh, there's no room at the inn, A and B, or none of the above. The answer is D, none of the above. Sorry. <laughs> what did the angel sing at Jesus' birth? Silent night, glory to God in the highest. Hark the herald angel sing or none of the above? D. D, none of the above. Okay. Security. Last, how many wise men came to the stable? One, two, three, or none? 
None. Okay. Uh, now, I, I have a Christmas quiz that has 25 questions. Most people fail badly out of it. We get most of our Christmas understanding from Christmas carols and or stories. They're all great. Christmas songs, uh, like a story, build their own idea of Christmas. Uh, and most people fail at the Christmas quiz because they don't understand that much of what we read there in the quiz really didn't happen that way. The innkeeper never said anything, okay? Now, you can surmise he said something, all right? That'll be two denarii or whatever, but uh, it doesn't work that way. The uh, wise men actually never came to the stable. We don't know how many. They assume people three because there were three gifts, but one guy could have brought all three Six guys could have brought three. It doesn't matter. They came to Jesus two years later. All right? So when you see the Christmas story and the wise men there at the manger scene, anybody have a manger scene with wise men? We all have. It's not biblical. I'm sorry. Put the wise men two years later. Figure that one out in your Christmas decoration. Anyway. So... uh, I'm excited about today. We have had a great series. And when we started this, we really wanted to build the series around the idea of angel encounters as their part in the Christmas story. Pastor John began with a great message uh, about Zechariah and the experience he had. If you haven't heard it, go back. Daniel did a great job last week with Mary. I don't know if he's in here, but Daniel, amazing job. And uh, this week, we're going to be talking about Joseph. And I'm very excited about this, that the angels and their shape of Christmas are very important to us. So I would like to begin with a prayer, but I'm going to give a prayer that someone gave to me this morning. My wife, Nancy, is a great prayer. And when she texts or writes her prayers, it's like God is speaking. When I do prayers, it's like I'm hungry, let's eat. It's a different experience for sure. And so uh, I know she doesn't know I'm going to do this, but I'm going to take her prayer for today and for us as our opening. Heavenly Father, I thank you for all your knowing, ever-present, and powerful nature. May this truth give Terry your confidence and boldness as he speaks the message you put on his heart. Prepare your people, giving them pliable, open hearts and minds. May the work you set out to do today in your people produce a more Christ-like body that brings glory and honor to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. See what I mean? If you ever want a good prayer, just text her, call her, ask her. She's going to really give you a good prayer. Thank you, Nancy, for that today. Anyway, so we're going to begin with Matthew. Uh, We'll start with this uh, story of Joseph in Matthew uh, chapter 1, verse 18. And here we go. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. So in our modern day, we probably don't understand the significance or the value or the importance of this. Back then, what it meant to be engaged is this. The word betroth, which you will read in a lot of the older Bible versions in some translations, was not the engagement of our day. We have a whole different romantic version, Hallmark, you know, movie of what uh, engagement means today. But back then... Uh, when the bride and groom or their representatives that arranged that marriage, they would sign papers. It was a contract. It was a commitment to each other and to establish the beginning of their marriage. This time of engagement, all right, was very important. From that point on in signing the papers, the man and woman were considered legally married. 
but they did not have the right to either live together and as husbands and wife or have sexual relations with one another. Now that's important when you understand this situation and what it meant to Joseph upon finding out that Mary was pregnant. It wasn't just this engagement thing like we have today. It was a serious contract that they had. So let's read the next verse then. Matthew 1, 19 and 20. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement. He, this was a contract that he would break. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. I want to give you a little information about Joseph. We hear a lot in a Christmas story about Mary. We really don't know as much about Joseph. I want to give you a little information. It doesn't say a lot in the Bible about Joseph, but as we look into what we know, we see his character. What we do have and what we conclude is that he truly was an humble man, an honorable man. He cared deeply about obeying God throughout the stories of Joseph. We find out that he really had this idea of being faithful to the law. All right, in all the encounters with Joseph, we saw he was a law keeper. The Bible indicates that Joseph was a very kind uh, man, though he had a legal right at this point to divorce Mary when he found out she was pregnant. He intended to do so. So Joseph was going to, in the betrothal, divorce Mary. Yeah, get that. That's an important thought that Joseph had. It's going to form what we talk about today. All right. He did not want to bring any public shame or disgrace to her or her family. Now, the Bible doesn't give a lot about Joseph beyond that as a person. Uh, there's no words that Joseph spoke that we know of, but we know that he was a faithful, obedient man. Sometimes people, well, why isn't Joseph mentioned? Like when Mary was at the cross of Jesus and, and Jesus said, brothers, keep you know, Mary, keep mom, you know, kind of a thing. And it's believed that somewhere after uh, Joseph's early teen years and his death on the cross, that somewhere in between there that Joseph passed away. Joseph was older than Mary, all right? And there's some speculation to how much, but he was an older man than Mary. And as Daniel mentioned last week, Mary was probably around 14 or 15, which was traditional at that time. All right. Now, as I mentioned earlier, the quiz forms for certain ideas that we have about Christmas. And I want to kind of change some of that thinking. All right. Let's talk about this for just a minute. Can, I, I've always wanted to do this in a message because maybe you're thinking this about this whole situation with Joseph. All right. Can you imagine this? Mary, she meets the angel Gabriel. He tells her she's going to be pregnant with child. Can you imagine, obviously, Mary's thought, but then she says, Joseph, we need to talk. Now think about this. I know Joseph, like if it's a modern thing, Joseph is thinking, okay, I thought we already decided on the cake. I know the flowers are going to be roses and, and peonias or whatever kind of flowers you had back then. And, and, and Joseph's thinking, all right, yeah, let's talk. And she said, no, it's really important. We really need to sit on talk. So Joseph says, okay, I'll get a reservation at Jubilee Cafe. It's a biblical name. I'll get it, and we'll sit down. So Joseph, he's excited. Oh, this is his woman he's betrothed to be married to. He loves her. He's excited. And they go to the cafe, and can you imagine this scene? They sit down there, and so they have this great little dinner conversation, and Mary can't hold it back, and finally she says, Okay, Joseph, I'm pregnant. Now, really, put yourself in that situation. Uh, Joseph, I'm pregnant. 
Now, now it was God. Yeah, come on, let's be honest. It was God. Okay, let's say it's never happened before. It's never happened since. But imagine being Joseph and what you're thinking. All right, I could just see Joseph saying, okay, bring some more wine. <laughs> I need help here, all right? Mary, I'll get you an Uber, okay? I'm walking home, all right? I, I, I can't imagine the difficulty of that conversation for both Mary and Joseph. The reality of this is a man, you're a man here and you're a betrothed. You have a contract of marriage to a woman and she tells you she's pregnant. Imagine that feeling, that, that distraught, that anxiety that you would have. It's a very difficult moment. So Joseph has to make a decision. And there's where we're going to form the idea of this message today. The first decision would be a selfish response. Now the selfish response would be this, because in that time, in the Bible, all right, at the extreme of the law, you could stone her. You could physically end her life because she violated a covenant as an unwed woman. Very extreme. All right? I imagine that another man beside Joseph would look at this as my family name, my reputation is at stake. She's going to make me a laughingstock. So I will let the law take care of her, maybe not stone her, but other measures. I will make a selfish choice. I will look out for my interest and not hers. The second choice would be this, a loving response. Out of love, which we see Joseph was considering, he would look at ending the relationship, the marriage quietly, and remove her from ridicule and punishment. He did love her. He cared about her reputation as well. That is the second choice that uh, he made. Now, I can imagine after a few sleepless nights, and we don't know the time frame, but we know it's rather quick, uh, Joseph falls asleep, and the angel comes to him in a dream. And so here it is, the divine choice. This is the one that we look at today. Now, that angel encounter, all right, at that moment is very different from the two that we've talked about earlier. The two earlier angel encounters had Gabriel, the great archangel, one of the arch, not archangel, but the great angel of God, along with Michael, the great archangel, powerful, amazing experience both for Zechariah and for Mary. But Joseph doesn't get that. Joseph gets an angel in a dream. That's significant in a lot of ways, all right? And so here he is, he has this angel come into a dream, and Joseph is thinking, man, I've been drinking wine ever since she told me, maybe this isn't real. Maybe this isn't real. All right? And, if, and, and just again in that experience, do you believe the angel in that dream? Is that, is that harder to believe than an angel face to face? Yes, it would take some degree of convincing by God and by obedience and trust and faith that that is in it. We see Joseph's love for God, not just for his betrothed woman Mary, in the next waking moments. Here's what the Bible says. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. That's Matthew 1.24. I don't have that verse, but that's where it is. That verse demonstrates that Joseph and Mary then were legally married at that time. The actual ceremony of marriage took place at that time. 
Now, follow along with this. There's some really cool stuff here, and I hope you're really gathering how important it is to make a choice that's not selfish or noble or loving, but that's divine, because that's where we want to go with this today. Now, in that time, the question is, who names the baby? All right? Baby names are important. How many of you have gone through one of the baby books naming your babies? Okay? All right? That's kind of a new thing, all right? Uh, and, And in our modern days, really, let's just be honest, guys, the women pretty much have the say on the name. I mean, you know, Elrod, I I fought for Elrod. It did not pass. You know, it just didn't go. All right. And so uh, uh, we have books now and, and today the women have really the influence all right, and all these popular names, and it changes every year, and some, some, some website makes lots of money with brand new names that, that you choose. Some of them are weird, I'll just be honest, okay? Uh, my daughter, I love her to death. Her kids' names are amazing, but sometimes I'm just so confused, <laughs> you know? Anyway, what happened to simple names like, you know, Bill and Fred and Sally and Sue, and what happened to those names? You know, I didn't even have a, I didn't have a final say on our kids' names. Back then, Jake, you were named after this. Uh, Jake's uh, m- uh, mom is my sister. And so we got into this Bible names, and they all had to start with J, all right, as far as the boys. And so Jacob, all right, and his brother John, my kids are Jeremiah, Joshua, all right, and we broke the trend with our daughter, called her Heather. There's no Heather in the Bible. Uh, we were, you know, uh, ostracized for not... It was a terrible time in our life anyway. But uh, I, I remember this with my son Joshua. Uh, my middle name is Keith. My dad's middle name is Keith. And, and Brenda agreed to use the middle name Keith for Jeremiah. So it was Jeremiah Keith is his name. But Joshua came along and I thought, wouldn't it be cool for his middle name to be James? Joshua James. It just sounded cool. This is the 70s. I was like 23 years old and it just sounded cool. I didn't think it through though. Because Brenda said, well, honey, they're going to call him J.J. Now, if you remember the 70s, there was a show, Dynamite. <laughs> How many remember that? You youngsters, you, she just missed it. Dynamite. And she said he would be ridiculed. So she got to name him the middle name of her father, which was Leon, Joshua Leon. So she overruled that, all right? And that's true today. But in the Bible times, the Bible tells us that the father was given the responsibility. Remember, Pastor John a couple weeks ago had fun with his name, John, talking about Zechariah. And, and, and they wanted to name the baby Zechariah, but Zechariah wrote his name will be John. And as Pastor John mentioned, it would be a bringer of good news, a messenger, that kind of a thing, all right? So here we are with Joseph, okay? And here we are in this place, who chooses the name? This is really interesting, all right? Matthew 1, let's read it. And he will have, she will have a son, you are to name him Jesus, for he will save the people from their sins. Who named the baby? Did you catch it? It wasn't Joseph. This is really good. The father named the baby. I get chills with that. 
I really do. I think that's the most amazing thing. We just find these beautiful little truths in Scripture and understand all along in God's plan, he knew that Jesus would be the name, the Savior, Emmanuel of the earth. I love that. He will save people from their sins. So I want to talk to you about where you're at today. Because throughout our life, we have to make choices. And at some point, I will assure you, you will have to make a difficult choice, maybe to the degree that Joseph felt he was making as a man with a woman who found out she was pregnant. Christmas. How many have loved Christmas? Okay. I, I, I will probably never wear an ugly sweater, but I love Christmas. I've seen a few here. I, I, I know you ugly sweater people are, I'm getting dirty looks right now. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, look it. I'm into Christmas. I watch the Hallmark Christmas movies. Sorry, guys. You should. If your wife wants you to, you should. That's what you should do. When you go hunting, she should, you know, cut your deer up. Fair trade. Not a good example, is it? I love Christmas, okay? It's always been good. It's been a season. It's been a great time, okay? Years ago... Um, uh, I, I remember I was living in Lakewood and, uh, back then, you know, we didn't have 5,000, uh, channels. Is that overwhelming? That's a whole nother point. But anyway, uh, we just had a few and, and, and our cable had maybe 20 channels and there was a, 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 a movie that came on. All right. Uh, and, and it was called, it's a wonderful life. I'd never seen it. I, I was, I was in my thirties and I was by myself, everybody had gone to bed, and I was actually wrapping some Christmas presents, and it came on. I watched it for one reason. I usually don't watch old black and white movies. I'm not into that, but James Stewart's my favorite actor. So I was like, oh, cool, I'm going to watch this, okay? And it sucked me in, and I'm bawling at the end of it. It's like, you know, all that. And, and by the way, a lot of the angel stories you see in these movies are not accurately biblical angels. Listen, I don't want to break your heart, but people don't become angels. Angels were created. I know some people are going to get mad. I might get an email with that, Jake. But it's the truth. So Clarence really wasn't a... You know what I'm saying? Anyway, I do like him as an angel, though. I think he's pretty funny, you know. Anyway, uh, but if you, how many have not seen the movie? It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, my goodness, Andy, you're my friend. I, dude, I have an extra DVD I'm going to give you. It's my gift to you. You gotta, it's awesome, all right? But I, I, I love Christmas, but do you know the reality is, is that probably for everyone that raised their hands of how much they love Christmas, there's a lot of hands here that would say Christmas is really painful. You're going through something. You've gone through something. Let's talk truth here, okay? Maybe you've lost someone you love. And this Christmas or Christmases in the future will be those you don't have that person in your life. Maybe you've gone through a divorce. Maybe your family is fractured and maybe you have a child that is distant and doesn't want to have anything to do with you. Maybe your health is compromised. Maybe something's going on financially that, that you just don't know how Christmas, because Christmas is a big deal. Christmas is where we want to really bless people and we want to spend money on people and all that. All right, and I, I remember a specific Christmas that 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 we had nothing. We literally had maybe fifty dollars for three kids. The dollar store was really helpful, <laughs> it 
And I've learned this. Kids at that age when they're young, all right, hey, take note, you guys. Listen, it's not really about the presents. It's unwrapping a present. Seriously. We had a lot of $1 presents. Oh, cool, you know. Hey, I'm on a rant here, but you know what? For my kids, maybe this isn't your true, but by, like two days later, all those new presents, no matter how much I spent, are sitting somewhere in a corner. Seriously. Okay, that didn't ring a bell with anybody, but that's a Terry rant. I'm sorry, I got off track with that, but anyway. But Christmas can accentuate loss, loneliness, pain because of choices. Your solution this Christmas and maybe in Christmases to come are very important. And I want to talk to you about this really here. There are three choices that Joseph could make and three choices that apply to us in choices as well. All right, Our typical response could be this. I want to take the easy way. I want to do what I want to do. I want to be selfish. I want to just care about what I want. And you can make a choice that way. Honestly, how many here have made a selfish choice? Let's be honest. Okay, I appreciate your honesty. And we know what happens with selfish choice. Someone gets hurt. Something doesn't work out very well. But it's a choice you can make. And if you're here today and you're like in the middle of a decision or a choice, and the thought of, okay, I'm going to protect my interest. I'm going to do my thing here. And, and the other people just have to deal with it. There are selfish people, even in the church. I've been selfish. I've made selfish choices. Because I wanted what I want. I wanted what made me feel good. I wanted something that, that in the middle of that, knowing it was a bad choice, I was going to do it anyway. Forget everybody else. Forget God. I was going to make this selfish choice. That's a choice you can make. As you said, many of you have made that. All right. And then there's that loving or noble response. All right. And this really applies to an individual person or maybe a group of people. And, and you can look at that and you can say, okay, this is the choice that I care about someone else. And that's a good thing. A lot of Christians will make good choices. A lot of Christians will do loving things for people. All right? And it has a fruit. But that fruit may not ever be eternal because it's a momentary thing. All right? And it's important to understand that. All right? Sometimes it's hard to see the thin line between a loving choice and a divine choice. I know that rings a bell with some people because you're trying to think, okay, Terry, help me understand that, all right? Help me realize what that means, all right? And we can make choices that we care about somebody, but actually is that a divine choice? And so the last one, which you probably are wondering, okay, the divine choice, all right? This is how God would lead us. And I'm going to tell you, when you make a divine choice, just like Joseph, it's not always easy. There's a lot of internal struggle when you follow God. How many have ever made a divine choice? How many know that this is what God said? It was going to cost you. It was going to be hard. And it didn't feel very loving to someone, but it was the right divine choice. We have these opportunities. You probably don't see them uh, in the context of that, but I want you to just think about choices that you've made or choices that you're having to make and what that looks like, all right? But this divine choice, it is where God leads us. And it's the idea that we care about what God wants most. So we can choose what we care about, we can choose what cares about others, or we can choose what God cares about. And this Christmas, I felt very strong in this message. I will tell you, it's a weird week. 
I had more distractions, more weird things happening all week. Pastor John about Friday said, dude, God's going to be in this. God's going to be in this. God's going to speak to somebody. Because today it is my belief that somebody's life will be changed forever because you've made a divine choice. And my heart was, Lord, if just one person will make that today. Everything, your effort, maybe you're here and you're like, okay, that's a good message, great, or oh, a bad message, great, whatever. It doesn't matter to me. It matters that people here who are in the midst of making a choice or soon going to have to make a choice will remember this idea of what choice that you will make. Now, here's the beauty of it, all right? <clears throat> a difficult choice can always bring salvation in some way. See, Joseph's choice gave us Jesus. Oh, that's so simple, but folks, think about that. Joseph made a choice that gave us Jesus. Listen, had he done, all right, a selfish choice, he could have had, you know, people like, oh, Joseph, poor dude, your man, that woman, she is just an She's just a worldly, fill-in-the-blank woman. Or Joseph, pat you on the back, man, that was a loving choice, you know, move her aside and just, you know, keep the honor, integrity, you know, that was really good. But, and think about this, think about this. Think about this. Would the legitimacy, I got whatever you got, Jake. Would the legitimacy of Jesus had the authority and power of him coming from a mother that was unwed. We don't think about these things. But, but Jesus coming to a wed mother made a huge difference. And that's important. All right? Do we care about what God cares? All right? Will your choice lead to Jesus? Will your choice lead to Jesus? I know that we could look at things. Let, let me just give you an example, okay? Uh, how many of you are married? Okay, great. Okay. Let's say you have a choice in your marriage, okay? Uh, whatever that choice is, you have three responses. Men, women, you can make a selfish choice. You can decide, hey, I'm going to do what's best for me. I'm fed up with this. I'm tired of this. I want to do this. You figure it out. Whatever word you want to put into there, but we can make a selfish choice. We can make a loving choice. What does that look like in marriage? All right, honey, hey, uh, husband, let's do this. Let's read a book together. Let's, let's go to see, where's Larry? Larry and them, they were here somewhere. They're at the back. Hi, Larry and Nancy, they're way at the back. They do counseling and they're amazing. I love those guys. They're the best people in this church. They really are. If you haven't met them on the way home, uh, going out the door, just give him a hug. Uh, Larry really likes hugs. Just give him a big hug. Uh, he doesn't, but anyway. <laughs> I irritate Larry sometimes. But here's the deal. Honey, the loving choice is, but, but can I, and I'm simplifying this. What is the divine choice? Well, it's very biblical. We can get a divine choice from the Holy Spirit, taking the word of God, bringing it into our life, and we saying, I will make that divine choice. I will bring the choice that brings Jesus into my marriage. Ephesians 5, husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. That is a divine choice. And when you make that choice, you change the heart of your wife because you're walking in the authority of Jesus and the choice in there. 
So if you're in a marriage situation today, you're in this great place where you can say, okay, I can be selfish. How many know it's easy to be selfish? Really, raise your hand if it's easy for you to be selfish. I'll raise both hands. Seriously. Okay? But I know my heart. I've been raised good. I have an understanding. I want to be a loving person. Daniel, I want to love and make loving choices. But at the end of the day, loving choices only get so far. But at the truth of the divine choice is eternal. Because when you look at what that means, you could do a marriage counseling, you could do a book. But folks, until the heart is changed by Jesus, it doesn't bring Jesus into the equation. I hope that makes sense today. I hope you understand that. All right. Maybe you're here in uh, my experience in coming to JFC uh, close to 14 years ago. Um, I was in Virginia, had a great ministry position there. Really amazing. Everything was amazing there. It was great. Everything was good. Everything was good. Everything that you could identify as good in life was good there. And Pastor John ruined it. He called me, and, and the church was growing. as a great church, and good things were happening. He called me and says, hey, I know you've been involved with creative arts and media, and you have all these abilities in that area. He said, uh, we need help. Would you like to come? The church was growing, and they needed staff. And, and out of the blue, he reached out. Well, you know, I'm like, <laughs> man, and I love you, John. Your family, you're a good guy, but <laughs> it's a good gig here, man. <laughs> I, <laughs> And, and, and literally, it went for weeks. All right? And I really wrestled. I, listen, here's where I wrestled. Selfish choice. I got it made here. Okay? My salary's great. My, my, my esteem in the church is great. The pastor just leans and loves me. I mean, everything, everything was good. Virginia's a beautiful place. Okay? The loving choice. We thought about all of those decisions to come to Colorado, and there were loving choices to make in that. My mom and dad live here. I've got family here. Love John and Chris. All these things were great loving choices. All right? Those are good things. And it was just hard to make the decision to make that move. And I was just putting it off. And I remember John Larry called and said, Terry, I just got to know. I got to move on. I said, I'll let you know tomorrow. We'd been praying. We'd been thinking about it. I remember we sat literally that night before I had to tell him that morning and said, okay, Lord, Man, we really want what you want for us. I'm not exaggerating. We had the list, pros and cons. Anybody here do a pro and con list on anything like that? All right, Nancy doesn't think I do lists, but I do. All right, I had a list. Good reasons to come. Not good reasons to come. You know what happened to that list? Didn't matter anymore. It's like going to bed, say, okay, God, what is the right choice for you in our lives? And I remember waking up that morning and I remember just saying, okay, Lord, we're here. What's the divine choice? Why should I come to Jubilee? And the Holy Spirit showed me something. I had a son. I've talked about him in messages past. He was a prodigal. He was living here. He was far from God. All right? We didn't have any relationship issues, but, you know, sometimes, hey, this is for a parent that has a prodigal. Sometimes your love for Jesus brings shame into their life. And they want to stay away from you because of their shame, not because of you. And so the Holy Spirit just said, would you be willing to go and to be in a place where I can work through you in your son's life? Well, we're here. <laughs> Guess what choice we made? 
Because I said to God that day, I said, I will work at Walmart as a greeter. I'm a good greeter. I don't have a lot of talents, but I love, I'm a good greeter. I think I'd get fired, though, from Sam's Club because I'd hug everybody. And somebody would be offended. I know, I know, I know. But anyway, here, here's the deal. I surrendered to the divine choice. And the story is that we came back and we were excited. We believed, listen, divine choices are hard. They are not easy. And we came back and we're so excited and we're like, okay, this is great. We're reaching out. Hey, man, listen, let's get together. And we could never get together. And I'm telling you, after about six months, I was just sad and disappointed and questioning God. Anybody here questioning God? Lord, we made the divine choice. We came here. We believe this is what you wanted. We believe it was for him. We can't even get him to come over for dinner. But God had an amazing plan. God intended for Jesus to be in the middle of this. And through a very serious crisis in his life, he reached out. And we finally had this opportunity for a God connection where God changed his life. He usually comes to the 11 o'clock service, so he's not at this one. He met a wife, beautiful woman. Anyway, has just amazing. His love and devotion to be a godly man is really it's so exciting. Now, could God have done something different? Yeah. But God had a purpose in us being the vehicle. You may be that vehicle for Jesus to bring salvation. Not just spiritual, but salvation in a situation. Is that worth it? Is that important? So Joseph's choice gave us Jesus. Will your choice give Jesus? I want to read you this. Hebrews 11.6 And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. The reason I end with that passage is this. You have an opportunity to really find the divine in your life. But you have to seek him. It may not be an angel, and I do believe God can speak in angels, but typically it's usually through the inner spirit that we hear from God. Typically it's through a word where we know it's from God. And I want you to be sure that when you're making a choice here, that you go to that place to make that choice. I think that's very important for you. Now, my friend Don, uh, Tom's here, and Andy, um, I've got different devo devotionals I do through Version, and, and if you're not doing Version with people, it's really a good way to connect. And we do a devotional, and we, we read uh, a devotional in the scriptures, and then we comment. And so my friend Don wrote really something really good, and I'll finish with this, and then we'll pray. He wrote this thing. Uh, how many have seen the bumper sticker or the poster, Jesus is the reason for the season? All right. And the first time I thought, yeah, the world has gone crappy and it's got away from Jesus. And, and they put wise men in the scene with the, and they've jacked it up and, and I'm angry and I'm frustrated. Don wrote something very profound this week and I want to share it. Don wrote this, Jesus is the reason for every season. In every choice, in every decision, Jesus is the reason. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for you. And I want you to be open to God this morning. So I'm going to ask you to make this private. And we're going to ask you, everyone, to just close your eyes.
and to just consider right now as I finish this to talk about, okay, what decisions am I wrestling with right now? I want you to wrestle with that. I want you to think about that. All right? And I'm going to ask you a question because I'm going to ask you to, like Joseph, begin to move toward the divine. You're here today and you'd say, Terry, I'm really in the middle of an important choice. And I'm struggling, but I want to make a divine choice. Would you raise your hand? Thank you. You are so kind. Thank you. Thank you. Let me pray. Father, for these wonderful, wonderful people who have today made a first step by saying, I want the divine choice. I want Jesus to permeate through my life, through my situations. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. I know, Lord, you may take me down a path that I struggle with, but I will walk in faith. I will walk in obedience. I will make the divine choice. For these people today, Lord, I pray they leave here with something just deeply, deeply active in their spirit where they're ready to tackle this decision, this choice with God at work in their life. And Lord, for those that maybe necessarily didn't raise their hands today, but you know what's coming down the road. I pray they remember this and choose the divine. Lord, we thank you. We give you the praise and the glory. You are a good God. We do this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen.